Habakkuk chapter 2. And I'm just going to be transparent with you, okay? Every now and then, God just gives me a burden for a passage. This is one of them. So I want you to listen intently. Because of the many conversations I have with people over the years, what I'm going to touch on this morning, I would say probably dominates those conversations. And I believe that every one of us struggle with this from time to time. I don't believe there's one person in this room that's exempt from what I'm about to talk about. So you got your antennas up? Verse 1, just one verse. I will stand upon my watch and set me upon the tower and I will watch to see what he will say unto me and what I shall answer when I am reproved. Let's pray. Father, I need to hear from you. We need to hear from you. So, Father, I pray you would preach to me as you preach to us. I pray you'd work this in me as you work this in us. And I'll thank you for what you do. In Jesus' name. And all God's children said, Amen. Let me ask you a question. The Bible says... The Lord says, be still and know that I am the Lord. Now, that verse is a verse that many people have adopted when they're going through very difficult times. And they're patiently anticipating, but yet not knowing when the Lord's going to intervene in the midst of what they're going through. And they'll gravitate towards this verse. Be still and know that I am God. But here's what tends to happen. What tends to happen is we'll quote that verse, but we have no idea how to walk in the reality of what that verse is saying. Now remember where Habakkuk is. We looked in chapter 1. He's crying to the Lord and about Judah's sin. And he says, Lord, you just seem indifferent. You're not intervening. You're not reaching out to save us from our sin. And then God says, oh, Habakkuk, you really don't understand. I've been working the whole time. It's just you're not going to like what I'm doing. I, I'm raising up the Chaldeans, the Babylon, and I'm raising them up. Uh, your enemy, a nation that's going to come against you. They're going to pull you out of their land. They're going to bring you into captivity. And I'm going to use them as a trophy or a tool of grace to bring the children of Israel to a place of repentance. And then Habakkuk responds. And he said, really? How can you do that? I mean, how can you use vessels as evil as they are against us who's more righteous than they are? God, how can you do that? Now, here's where Habakkuk is. 
He's made this complaint unto God saying, God, I know your character. I know your holiness. I know you're pure. Then your eyes are pure to look upon evil. I know all of those things. So therefore, I don't understand how you can use the evil people like this. And so here's where Habakkuk is. God hadn't answered him yet. And Habakkuk is anticipating an answer. And so Habakkuk is having to be still and know that he is God. One of the things that you and I need to understand is God manifests himself more in the moments where we don't know than he ever will in the moments that we do know. Now that's hard for us. Let me give you an illustration. How many of y'all struggle with family, circumstances, direction, guidance? What does God want to do with me? How does God want to use me? Where can I be a vessel at his disposal? When, God, are you going to save so-and-so? When are you going to open a door that I need you to open? I mean, we go on and on and on and on. And sometimes these things go on for weeks and months, maybe even years, and you, you just finally get to the place where you begin to get discouraged and you go, Lord, when? And then all of a sudden despair begins to set in. Well, this passage is going to help you immensely. So let's look at this passage together. I, 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 and I want to tell you, the Lord loaded my wagon with this passage. I want you to see first the activity of the prophet. Because, see, here's where we get it wrong. When we, when we read the verse, be still and know that I am God, we think that means, well, do nothing. Be passive. Well, I got news for you. There's never a time God wants you to be passive. Now look at the first two words of this verse. I will. So in other words, here's Habakkuk. He's in a place that he does not have any idea of an explanation of why God is going to do and use the Chaldeans like he's going to use them. And here's the prophet of God that's supposed to have a word for the people. And yet the prophet of God is confused as a termite and a yo-yo. And he's confused. But yet in the midst of this, he says, I will watch. So here's the thing about what you need to understand. As a prophet, what was a prophet charged to do? A prophet was charged to warn the people as God gave revelation concerning their future and concerning what God had said. So in other words, a prophet was a vessel that as God spoke, they spoke to the people. And they were to be caretakers of the people when it come to warning them. But here was where Habakkuk is at. I need to warn them. I know what God said. He sent in the Chaldeans. But I don't know what to tell them. Because they're going to ask the same question I ask God. How can he do that? And so here's Habakkuk. And he says... So here's what I'm going to do. 
I will stand upon my watch. In other words, he said, I'm not, listen, I'm going to tuck myself in my home, close the door, and I'm not going to come out. That's not what he said. He said, I'm going to stand actively. I'm going to stand my watch. One of the worst things you can do when you're trying to be still and know that he is God, one of the worst things you can do is take that to be that I am going to stop everything I'm doing and just wait. When you do that, I promise you, here's what's going to happen. You're not going to hear from God at all. You say, well, what do I do? Well, notice what Habakkuk done. Habakkuk began. He said, I will. That absolute determining statement. I will, firstly, I will watch. So in other words, here's what Habakkuk said. He said, I will stand upon my watch and set me upon the tower. Now, what is he talking about? He's talking about the watchtower. There would be the gates of the city. And at the gates of the city, there would be one, many times two watchtowers, sometimes just on one side of the gate, many times on both sides of the gate. And that watchtower was for one that would have a military position whereby someone would stand up there and watch for the enemy, and when the enemy would come, they would herald to the people, the enemy is coming, and the Bible says if they didn't do their job or they fell asleep on their job, and the enemy came without them warning the people, that their blood would be upon that watchman's hand. And so here's all Habakkuk knew. God said, I'm sending the Chaldeans. And here's all Habakkuk knew to do. I don't understand why. I don't understand the reason. I don't understand how God can do it. But I know what God said. So until he answers my question, I'm going to stand on my watchtower and watch for him. And at least I can warn the people when I see them coming. Because here's what happens when you and I are in a moment of being still. Waiting for God to give you direction. Waiting for God to save your lost family members or friends. Waiting for God to do a work in people that you love so much. Maybe even be saved, but yet not walking in the reality of what they have in Christ. Knowing, not knowing what you're going to do in your job. Not knowing how God's going to open up another door that you need Him to open or you think you need Him to open. Not knowing any of those things. Here's what tends to happen. What tends to happen is instead of watching, we get careless. And when we get careless, we allow the enemy to sneak into our lives because we think we don't have direction. The Bible says, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 6, Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. So here's the first thing. The first thing is you are in that time in your life and you're just wanting God to intervene, wanting God to answer a prayer, wanting God to give direction, whatever it may be. Here's the first thing. You need to be watchful because if you don't, here's what's going to happen. You're going to lose your focus and you're going to focus on the things that are not eternal, and you're going to focus on the things that are trivial, and you're going to focus on the things that are not going to help you to hear from God, but the things that are going to distract you from hearing from God, 
And here's what you need to do. The first thing you need to do is you need to make sure your focus is on Him and not on what's going on. So here's what Habakkuk did. Habakkuk said, I will watch. Now I want you to see two things here. His sensitivity in his placement. Now you say, what do you mean? Well, he placed himself in the one position he could watch. I mean, remember, as a prophet, he was to help protect the people. And he was to herald to the people if there was something that they needed to know in warning. And, and so Habakkuk was sensitive enough to put himself in the one position that he would be in the best place to watch on behalf of the people. You see, here's what happens. We tend to allow ourselves to be placed in positions and to be placed in predicaments whereby not only are we not watching, but whereby we're confusing the very people that we're praying God will save. Are y'all hearing me say amen? I mean, let me give you an example. I see it all the time. People praying, crying out to God, God, would you save this person? 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 Listen, we ought to pray for that. Y'all say amen. And then, in the midst of something that's going on, all of a sudden, they put that something that's going on above the things of God. And here's what they're saying. Lord, save that person. But Lord, right now this is more important to me. And all of a sudden, you're shouting a witness to them. Hey, you need to put the Lord first. You need the Lord in your life. But listen, there's certain exceptions to that. Are y'all hearing me say amen? In other words, we're not sensitive to put ourselves in the proper place. We must be in a place where we can be sensitive to the enemies working in our life and in those around us. And so, so Habakkuk placed himself in the right position. But notice this, not only his sensitivity in his placement, but his separation in his placement. So yes, he went up on the watchtower to watch for the Chaldeans that God said was coming. But in doing so, here's what else he did. He separated himself unto the Lord. And now he wasn't going to be bombarded by the noise of all the people. And now he was going to be in a place where he could still stay active and watch as a prophet. But at the same time, here's where he was. He was now in a place in a watchtower with him and God. And now he could be sensitive to what God said because now he had separated himself from everything else. Listen, there are times when you must come away because if you don't come away, you're going to come apart. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Listen, the Lord Jesus himself separated himself from his disciples on multiple occasions. One time, locking himself in a home. And if the Lord Jesus, God incarnate, needed to separate himself, 
How many agree there's times we need to too? I have people come to me and say, Lord, uh, preacher, I don't know if I'm saved. And I, I'm waiting for God to show me. I'm waiting for God to say something to me. I'm waiting for God to show me. Hey, I want to tell you something. Spend some time alone with God and watch what God will do. Many times we don't want to get alone with God because here's the reason. Because if I get alone with God, God's going to say something I don't want to hear. You see, here is Habakkuk. Habakkuk, his activity of the prophet, I will watch, but I will wait. Boy, there's the hard part. Now, y'all may not be like me. If I go to a restaurant, and I walk up to that little counter at the restaurant, and I say, I got a party of two, and they say, well, thank you, sir. It'll be about 45 minutes to an hour. I don't know what y'all do. But there is no steak in America that's worth 45 minutes of my time. Are y'all hearing me say amen? Not the restaurant doing anything wrong. Praise God they got all that business. But I'm just telling you right now, it better be off the chain, free, <laughs> and then give me a tip for me to wait an hour to eat a steak. Are y'all hearing me? Are any of y'all like that? I mean, there's something about us that cannot stand to wait. And the hardest thing for you and I to do is wait. But can I tell you, the greatest evidence of your faith being real is you can wait and not get discouraged. So here's where Habakkuk is. Habakkuk said, I will, active, I will stand up on my watch. I'm going to watch for what God said is coming. I will watch and I will wait. What is he waiting on? For God to speak. Because what is he going to tell the people? He said, well, you tell them. God said the Chaldeans were going to take them out of the land. How do you think that's going to go? I mean, number one, if he, don't, if he can't answer the why, they'll probably take him out and stone him. I mean, that ain't going to go good. So now watch what happens. He's now in a place all he can do is wait. Now, here's the interesting thing. All right, look at this with me. I will stand up on my watch. Y'all see the word watch there? Say Amen. And I will set up on my tower and will watch to see what he will say unto me. All right, you see, watch two times. Two totally different Hebrew words. The first time, here's what it means. The first time it means to lean forward in anticipation. So in other words, would you agree for me that Habakkuk has no idea when God's going to answer his complaint at the end of chapter 1? So here's where he's at. He said, but I'm going to wait. I'm going to watch. I'm not going to lay down my duties as, my, as a prophet. I'm going to watch, but I'm going to wait. And the whole time in his heart, here's what he's doing. He's leaning forward to hear from God. See, here's what a lot of times happens. 
We say, all right, I'm just going to wait till God gives me direction. I'm going to wait till God answers this prayer. I'm going to wait for God to do this. I'm going to wait for God to do this. And here's what we do. Well, when we start out, boy, we're leaning forward. We can't wait till God speaks. And then all of a sudden, we start getting so, uh, we get slumberous. And then all of a sudden, we get tired. Then all of a sudden, we get discouraged. And now, here's the problem. We quit listening. And many times we quit praying. Psalm 130, verse 5, I will wait for the Lord. My soul doth wait. Soul speaks of all that you are, your mind, motion, and will. My soul doth wait. And in His Word do I hope. Psalm 25, verse 5, Lead me into thy truth, teach me. For thou art the God of my salvation, and on thee do I wait all the day. So here's the first thing. What should your activity be when you're trying to be still and know that he is God? Watch, but wait. Leaning forward. For God to answer. Don't stop. How many of y'all praying for lost people? Raise your hand. Don't stop. You say, well, I don't know if God's going to save them or not. Well, can I tell you the heart of God? It's not His will that any should perish, but all come to repentance. You say, well, God's not going to force his salvation on him. He's not. But I want to tell you something God is. God's able to take a person, get them to the absolute end of themselves, where they can't look up but one direction, and that's up, and they only see him. Now, they still, in their volitional will, have to yield to, to him in faith and surrender. But I want to tell you something. You tell me God can't get a person to a place where they don't have nowhere else to turn but him. Watch. Wait. Well, let me show you a second. Not only the activity of the prophet, but I want you to see the acknowledgement of the prophet. So he says, and we'll watch to see what he will say unto me. Now, there's a couple things that are underlined in this text that man, God just brought to my heart. The first thing is in this acknowledgement of the prophet, here's the first thing, his recognition. You say, what do you mean his recognition? Here's what he said. I'm waiting for the Lord to say something to me. So what is he saying? I recognize I don't have the answers. Well, I want to tell you, that may sound simple, but that's the hardest place for you to get to. Because, see, here's the reality. You're never really going to hear from God till you get to the place that you realize you don't know the answer. Because here's what most of us want to do. We go to God and say, God, I need direction in my life. I, I want you to give me direction about this in my life or this circumstance in my life or, or this decision I have to make in my life. And you say, God, I, I, want you to, I want you to give me an answer. I want direction. I'm calling out to you. I'm crying out to you. And then God says, all right, here's what I want you to do. You say, wait a minute, that ain't the answer I was looking for. So you already had the answer. But the greatest place God can get you is when you realize you don't have the 
answer. Because you're not wise enough to know the answer. But God is. And then when you get there, then here's the reality. Now, whatever God says, you'll say yes. See, we live in a day today. Listen. People in church in America, leadership in churches in America, can I say this without anybody getting offended? Y'all not going to get offended? Say amen. Have went nuts. I'm just talking in general. Some of the stuff people say they believe, and, and they, they have Bible to, that they quote to back it up. The problem is it has nothing to do with what they said it says. But yet they're 100% convinced they're right. Do you know what the debate is in the Southern Baptist Convention right now? I'm just going to say it. Y'all love me, say amen. They're forming a committee. And here's what the committee's determined to do. Decide what is a pastor. It's already been decided. And you say, preacher, what do you mean? Because see, here's the thing. People think they have the answer. So what they do is they go to the Word. I want to hear from God. I want God to tell us. I want God to show us. And then they go to the Word, and they've already got their mind made up. So what they do is they find passages that they can twist and turn to match what they believe instead of letting God say, hey, I want to tell you something. This Bible's not up to my interpretation. God's already interpreted it. I'm sorry. But I had to get it off my chest. I'm glad the churches can be autonomous. Now watch. So he recognized something. I don't have the answers. But then he recognized the second thing. I have no announcement. If I don't have the answer, what am I going to announce? I mean, I'm the prophet supposed to tell the people what God said. But what am I going to tell them? I don't know what to tell them. So here's where Habakkuk is. Habakkuk's in a place where he, he, good place, that he said, I don't have the answers, and I'm not going to say anything until God says it. Boy, I want to tell you, if we could learn that, it would save us a lot of heartache. One of the greatest things a preacher told me when God called me to preach, he said to me, he said, Mac, he said, I'm just going to give you a piece of advice. This was the, the, the morning I got on my knees on the altar in tears and yielded myself to preach to the Word of God as God was calling me. I was scared to death. I was crying. I didn't want to do it, but yet I knew God was calling me to do it. And this old preacher, this old retired preacher got up next to me, said, Mac, what's God saying to you? And I said, God's called me to preach, and I'm scared. I don't want to do it. He said, I want to give you one piece of advice. Right there on the altar, here's what he said. He said, don't stand until you kneel. Don't lead until you follow. And don't speak until you've been spoken to. Ezekiel chapter 3 verse 17. Son of man, I have made thee a watchman upon the house of Israel. Therefore hear the word of my mouth and give them warning from me. Hey, I want to tell you something. It's far greater when you tell them what God says instead of what you think. I mean, what was Habakkuk going to say? God's sending a Chaldean. Well, Habakkuk, you're the prophet of God. What God say about why he's doing them? How's he using them? Why is he using them? I can't believe God used Well, here's the reality. I ain't got a clue. 
No, Habakkuk said, listen, God, you got to speak. So I know what to say. Let me tell you something. When you get in a place that God can speak to you, you'll have answers. In those difficult times of your family and your friends. But they won't be your answers. They'll be His. Let me show you nextly, not only His recognition, but His rest. How do you respond when you try to talk to somebody and as you're trying to talk to them, they just don't say anything? You don't go, well, glory. Guess what Habakkuk's doing? He cried out to God. God, I don't understand. You're going to have to explain this to me. Guess what God's doing? Nothing. But guess what Habakkuk's doing? He's resting. Now, you're going to find out tonight in verse 2, God spoke. But here's what we don't know. We don't know how long Habakkuk was in that tower before God spoke. And so all Habakkuk knew to do was trust the character and nature of God. Listen to me, church. When you don't have the answers, you don't have direction that you need, you don't understand why God's not answered your prayer, here's the one thing you can cling to by faith every single moment of every single day. God is faithful. God is true. God is just. And God is sovereign. And when you know that, it don't matter what you're going through. You can rest. Let me tell you what it means to rest. Habakkuk could not force God to give him an answer. Habakkuk could not manipulate God to give him an answer. So all Habakkuk could do was trust God that he would and wait until he did. You say, well, preacher, I'm like you. I don't like to wait. Well, God don't work on our timetable. He don't. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not on your own what? What does it goes on to say? In all your ways what? Y'all say it out loud. In all your... Read it. All, in all thy ways... Acknowledge Him how? That He is God. He's faithful. So when I don't have the answers and I don't know what to say, I can trust in him and not my own understanding. Because here was Habakkuk's understanding. God, you can't do this. Chaldeans are too evil for you to use them. But Habakkuk is about to learn he can't trust his own understanding. Let me give you another verse. 
Psalm 37, verse 7 through 9, rest in the Lord. Wait patiently for Him. Fret not or worry not thyself because of Him who prospers in His way. Because of the men who bringeth wicked devices to pass. Cease from anger. Forsake wrath. Fret not thyself in any wise to do evil. For evildoers shall be cut off. But watch this. Contrast. But those that wait upon the Lord, they shall inherit the what? You say, I don't like to wait. If you have faith, you don't mind to wait upon the Lord. You don't have to wait on a stake. But you can wait upon the Lord. This is what's taking place. Well, let's look thirdly. Watch this with me. The activity of the prophet, the, the acknowledgement of the prophet, the assurance of the prophet. Look what he says in verse 1. He says, and will watch, middle verse 1, and will watch to see what he might say unto me. Is that what it says? What does it say? What, it, what he what? All right, let me ask you a question. Habakkuk don't know the answer, but do you agree with one thing he does know? God's going to give him an answer. So here's what, you, here's what you do when you're waiting upon the Lord. You trust the character and nature of God that God wants you to know worse than you want to know. I tell this to people all the time battling with their salvation. I don't know if I'm saved or not. I say, well, you're in a good place. And they say, what well, do you mean I'm in a good place? Because you're, you want to know. And can I tell you, God wants you to know worse than you want to know. All right, listen, I tell people all the time, listen, if you're really wanting to know if you're saved or not, and God never, ever gives you an answer, I'm going to pack up my Bible and go home. Because that's not God. Now, you may hear wrong, but God's going to give you an answer. And so here's what he said. He will say unto me, hey, I'm going to watch. I'm, I'm, I know what God said. That Chaldeans are going. I'm going to watch for them. At least if I don't hear from God until they come, I can stand and say, wait, hey, Israel, the enemy, they're coming. Take preparation. But listen, he said, but I'm, going to, I'm not only going to watch, I'm going to wait because I know, I know, not I think, I know God's going to speak to me. God's not going to leave me without an answer. Face anticipation. He knew God was going to speak. Face expectation. He knew God was going to speak in a way that he could answer the people. You see, when God spoke the first time, he gave him revelation of what he was going to do, but he gave him an explanation of why he was doing it. But you read the rest of Habakkuk, God goes into detail. And when you get to chapter 3, here's where Habakkuk goes. Can I sum it up in a real quick ver in a real quick phrase? God, you're sovereign. Praise your name. But see, he had to wait. Psalm 62, verse 5, my soul, wait thou only upon God, for my expectation is from him. When you're waiting upon the Lord, don't expect it from someone else to help you. Here's what we do. When we don't have answers, we pick up the phone. Well, listen, I need help. You got an answer to this? Hey, I want to tell you something. God can use other people. I'm glad iron sharpened with iron. Y'all say amen. But true, truth comes from God and God alone. My expectation is Him. 
Well, here's the last part of being still and knowing that I'm God. When you're still and know that He is God, here's the last component of it. The availability of the prophet. All right, would you agree that at the end of chapter 1, the prophet just laid out his complaint? Would you agree he was transparent with God? He didn't hold anything back. Would you agree with that? Say amen. All right, now watch. He said, I'm, I know he will say unto me, and what I shall answer when I am reproved. I want you to see this. Habakkuk was in a place where he was watching. He wasn't sleeping. He was waiting, but he was anticipating and expecting. But here's the crux of this whole thing. The prophet Habakkuk was available to God. You say, what do you mean he was available to God? He was ready to receive whatever God said. He says, I'm going to wait, and God's going to say it unto me. And what I shall answer. In other words, God's going to say to me, what I need to be able to answer. So Habakkuk's saying, I'm ready to receive it. Can I ask you a question today? Are you willing to receive whatever God says to your heart this morning? Even if it rattles your cage? I had a dear friend of mine that I talked to this week going through a traumatic time in ministry. And here's what this friend of mine told me. This friend of mine said, Preacher, I got almost to the place of anger and bitterness. But then God showed me that it wasn't them that caused it. It was my pride that caused me to be angry. They were willing to receive whatever God said. What I shall answer when I am reproved. This last phrase very much troubled me as your pastor. The interlinear reads this way that I will be able to answer when he answers my complaint. But when you really do a study on this word, I believe here's what it really means. Based upon what I can study of this word, when Habakkuk questioned God at the end of chapter 1, and said, God, your, 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 your eyes are pure that you can't look upon evil, but yet you're fixing to use an evil nation against us. That don't make sense. That seems inconsistent to me. Here's what I believe Habakkuk was saying. I believe Habakkuk knew that in essence he was questioning the sovereignty of God. 
Would you all agree with that? Say amen. And he knew that God was going to answer him in a way that would cause Habakkuk to realize he shouldn't have said what he said. So here's what I'm trying to tell you. Not only was Habakkuk ready to receive, Habakkuk was ready to respond. In other words, whatever God said to him, he was going to receive it, and he was going to respond to it. Now listen to me. Here's what takes place when you're waiting upon God. Here's what takes place when you're trying to be still and know that he is God. This word answer here is translated 391 times in the Hebrew as return. So in other words, here's what he says. He says, I know God's going to return unto me on the basis of what I complained unto him. Now I want you to hear me. Many times we want God to give us an answer. But yet in our heart of hearts, we will not and do not want to respond to the answer he gives us. If God right now spoke to somebody's heart in here and said to you, through the Spirit of God, and revealed to you through the revelation of his word, I'm calling you to missions and I'm sending you to Zimbabwe. Don't raise your hand. I don't want you to scare your pastor. But how many of you with an honest and true heart could honestly say, I could raise my hand and say I would respond to that if God said that to me? How many in here today, if God spoke to your heart through Holy Spirit conviction, and said to you, I see through your religious practice, but I see you as lost, how many of you would be willing to receive that and respond to that? See, when you're waiting upon the Lord, here's what has to happen. You have to always be watchful that you don't allow sinful thoughts, sinful ideas, sinful perspectives, sinful advice, to creep into your heart. You always must watch for the enemy to come in in that moment, in that time, when you're weak and you're trying to wait upon God. But then you must be willing to wait for God to give you an answer, for God to give you revelation. And you must expect and anticipate that God will, because God don't want... Listen, God's not the author of confusion, folks. Are y'all hearing me say amen? God is not the author of confusion. And if you're confused, it's not God's fault. But you must be willing to receive whatever God says and respond to whatever God says. Well, I'll tell you, Spirit of God's loading my heart. There's probably some folks in here right now, you've got an addiction to something that you've been battling for years and years and years, and God has pricked you and God has convicted you and you've wept and you've cried and you've called out to God to forgive you and you've called out to God, you've called out to God, you've called out to God, but the one thing you're not willing to do 
is you're not willing to respond to what God says. God's always speaking. But we got to be at a place where we can receive and respond. Habakkuk was. And guess what? Come back tonight. You say, why? You're going to find out God answered. And oh, how God answered. Because one of the great passages all in Scripture, quoted three times in the New Testament, is found in what we're going to look at tonight. And here's what God said. In a nutshell. Oh, Habakkuk, I know how wicked they are. But the just shall live by faith. You tired? You weary? You just seem fatigued from waiting? For waiting for God to change a heart of somebody? Waiting for God to do this, do that, say this, say that? All I'm asking you to do this morning is to answer these questions. Are you in a place where you can hear? Are you in a place where you'll receive? And are you in a place that no matter what God says, you'll respond? That's the key. Father, I love you, I praise you, and I thank you. Father, I'm going to be the first to admit in this place this morning. I struggle with this. There's many times that I find myself allowing discouragement to set into my heart because I've cried and I've waited 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 and I've waited. And it just seems like the cry of my heart is not hitting any higher than the ceiling. But Father, I confess that that's sin on my part. Because Father, you're always at work, number one. Number two, you're always at work in ways we can't see. And number three, your desire is far greater than our desire could ever be. Father, we may be praying for somebody in our family or somebody that we work with or somebody that's a neighbor, and we're crying out to you over and over and over and over again, and we're crying out to you, God, would you just save them? Would you just save them? Would you just save them? Maybe what we don't know is not only do you want to save them, but you want to save them and you want to use them. You may want to call them to preach. You may want to call them the mission field. You may want to use them in a mighty way to reach millions for your namesake. Father, how we many times so narrow the focus. Because, Father, you know to do what you want to do in them after you save them, you've got to get them to a place that they're willing to not only receive your gospel, 
but to receive your call upon their life. Father, I know in my heart of hearts, whether we admit it or not, this is registering with almost everybody in this place. And Father, maybe to this morning in this invitation, we just need to run to you and begin by confessing, Lord, forgive me for my unbelief. Forgive me. We're letting my focus be on the wrong things. And then, Father, we're able to say with a heart of assurance like Habakkuk, but Father, You will. Because You said You would. You will. Do whatever is in Your perfect will. Say whatever I need to hear. You will. Because that's just who you are. And until you do, Father, by your Spirit, would you strengthen me to just have the grace to watch and to wait. Father, there may be somebody in here that needs to respond to what you've already said to them. Maybe it's salvation. Maybe it's Membership to this church, maybe it's something else. But Father, whatever you want to do in our midst this morning, I pray we would just be honest and transparent with you. In Jesus' holy, precious, and mighty name.